You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now bring you Carmelite Conversations with Francis Harry. Well, hello there. Welcome to Carmelite Conversations. We're in the studio in Dayton, Ohio, here on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. And I'm so glad to be with you. Unfortunately, my co-host, Mark Danis, was not able to be with me t- with me tonight. But however, I do have a special guest. And I think we're going to have a great conversation. Um, you know, this is Advent, and it is a season of silence, um, longing for the Lord, watching, waiting, praying, uh, great expectation. Uh, preparation, and then we have the images of light and fire and flame and darkness and mystery and joyful anticipation. You know, the word Advent um, comes from the Latin word venire, which means come, and ad, A-D, means to, so coming to. So we're coming to something. We're coming to something big, the Savior's birth. And um, even though the commercial side of Christmas is going strong out in the world, we know that Christmas truly begins um, with the first Christmas Mass, on um, the Christmas Eve Vigil, and goes through the octave, um, where we celebrate eight days of, of this full Christmas celebration. And then, of course, continuing the season of Christmas through the epiphany and ending with the baptism of the Lord. And I think the Eastern Rite even goes all the way to uh, February 2nd on Candemas Day, or when we have the presentation of the Lord in the temple and the purification of Mary. But you know, we wouldn't have Advent. We wouldn't have Christmas if Christ wasn't born. We wouldn't be preparing in Advent if our Savior had not come. So what is coming is not only due to God, and from God, but is God coming himself in the incarnation? So this is big. And so we're getting ready to celebrate the birthday of Jesus, the God-man, God who stoops down to assume our humanity and share with us his divinity. And it's not just any birthday. We're preparing also for his coming again, whether that's on a one-to-one basis when we die or at the end of time. So the question is, how are we preparing? And and if you're sitting there stuttering when I ask that question, <laughs> trying to answer it, um, you may think, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. So, well, it's not too late. I, my guest and I will have some suggestions for you. Um, so you can pick one up. Um, and start. Uh, the, the topic of this conversation is going to be the signs, the saints and silences of Advent to help us grow spiritually. And I want you to know, I would love to have you call in live. Our toll free number is one 6279 Again, it's one 6279 So you can join in on this Carmelite conversation. Um, before we do that, though, I would love to start with an opening prayer for this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I pulled a prayer from Pope St. Pius X. It's his prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. So let us get silent. Let's get recollected. Let us think of the Lord present within and sign ourselves in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe mystical rose make intercession for the holy church protect the sovereign pontiff help all those who invoke thee in their necessities and since thou art the ever virgin mary and mother of the true god obtain for us from thy most holy son the grace of keeping our faith sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life burning charity and the precious gift of final perseverance. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Okay, now I want to introduce our guest. She's been on our program before. Uh, she is a mother of, I think, what, six children. One is very young and one's in college, so she's got the gamut there. Um, she is a fully professed um, OCDS, uh, Secular Order of Discalced Carmelite member, and she's been on Carmelite Conversations before. She's a homeschooling mom, so you know she does a lot of homework. <laughs> she knows her stuff because <laughs> they're on top of it. So it's great joy um, to welcome Colleen Solinger. Hello, Colleen. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me back on again. Well, I know we are going to have a good conversation conversation. And um, I just want to start off by asking, um, what are you doing to prepare for Christ coming during this Advent season? Prayerfully speaking, I, I really love the Liturgy of the Hours at this time of the year because obviously the, the, the readings change. And, and so it focuses, you know, all those, it, it brings Advent, you know, right there first thing in the morning and there towards the end of the day. Um, and and have you asked anybody else what they're doing for Advent? <laughs> Thanks to a friend's prompting, I also quizzed my husband to see what he was doing. Okay, let's share. What did our husband say? <laughs> Mine was talking, again, the same as uh, focusing on things that help you get in into the liturgical season. He uses the Magnificat for prayer. Um, Bishop Barron has an email that goes out every single day with daily reflections for Advent. Oh, I like Bishop Barron's writings. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and um, he mentioned, too, something that's good for all of us to remember is, you know, focusing on the fact that most parishes have extra time for reconciliation during this time. Oh, yes. Make way the way, make way, uh, prepare the way of the Lord by going to confession, right. repenting. Right. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, I asked my husband and he said, I'm doing my job of the moment. <laughs> and that really struck me. And I'm like, I, I was expecting more, you know, <laughs> and then I thought he's practicing the presence of God go. <laughs> with Brother Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> and it is important to do the duty of the moment. We know that is very important. But I asked some other Carmelites and, and I'm sure you've probably asked some other people. And, and a lot of them said they were devoting more time to prayer, adoration, and, uh, doing more acts of mortification, penance, um, abstinence. Um, and more silence. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know that's one of the things we're going to talk about. We, we got uh, three categories of things we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Signs, saints, and silence. I yes. uh, a nice three S combination <laughs> there. So um, let's talk about maybe what, what can we suggest for adults, uh, maybe who haven't really gotten into, you know, picking a particular thing for Advent. What, what kinds of things might they do? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, adding daily mass is a good thing. If you don't do it already, or if you do it maybe once or twice a week, you can add more. Um, I know that not everybody's schedule allows it, but a lot of parishes or even your neighboring parish have evening or weekend devotionals that, you know, Vespers, um, Advent evenings of reflection, that sort of a thing. And I strongly encourage people to look into that sort of a practice. And... What are you doing in particular? You were telling me about a study you were doing. Right. I've got, I'm using a book this year, um, by the manger in the morning prayer journal by it's written by Elizabeth Foss. Okay. Um, I happen to know that they're sold out of copies, but you can still buy, um, an online version of it at blessedisshe.net. Okay. Um, what it's, it's, um, it's very, it's not Carmelite specific, but Lexio Divina, um, it, it's, there's a, a reading, usually Isaiah or something from the gospels okay. leading towards Jesus. So there's scripture, right? Scripture. And then, um, it focuses on preparing oneself for the coming of the babe, 
by the manger. So you're you're preparing yourself. What do you have? What what's stopping you from fully offering yourself at that manger on Christmas morning? Or what things can help you do it even better than you're already doing it? So there's there's journaling to be done then too. After you've considered, you've prayerfully considered what the the reading is, and um, there's a different theme every day. Is there something that struck you thus far in your first two weeks uh, of this time that surprised you in any way Um, or uh, was a new perspective that you hadn't considered before? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, um, I I think it's good. I think there's a lot of this has come out in the journaling. Um, It's something that I used to do when I had fewer children. I'm sorry to say that. I love <laughs> well, all of you out there, but you know, when when there weren't as many, um, I journaled so much more once upon a time. And mm-hmm. so this has kind of gotten me back to that. And um, I, it's good for me. I think I it, it would be good for me to continue it beyond Advent. <laughs> and you know, some people are not journalers, but they might be artists. Right. So they might oh, be drawing yeah. that, or they might be sculpting, or they, yeah. they might be just walking out in nature. Yeah. I'm enjoying looking at the Christmas lights. Yes. And I'm thinking, oh, all these people that go through all this extra effort to, to bring the light into the world and how much this light uh, means during this Advent season and preparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want more light in the darkness of this world, don't yes, we? Yes, we? So. Do. All right. Well, um, now let's uh, talk about, um, oh, uh, two things that I wanted to mention. Uh, There is a book called The Little Way of Advent. It's Meditations in the Spirit of St. Therese of Lisieux, and it's by Father Gary Castor. And um, he takes um, the readings from the scripture of the day, um, and then he... um, weaves in themes of St. Therese, the, the little flower, and usually has a uh, quote at the end to kind of summarize it all. Um, but he goes through the Advent season with her. And there are many books out there on different saints. Um, and there, it seems to be more and more popular. Um, themes uh, like Advent with a certain saint or Lent with a certain saint, which leads me to think, you know, how important that is to ask a certain saint or figure to accompany you during this season. I want to get to that in just a minute, but um, we'll come back to that. But the other thing I want to suggest is um, take a song, an Advent song, um, and pray that song. You know, for one example, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. That's a, a, a traditional Advent song. Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. And it goes on. And, and to just take a phrase of the song even and to mull it over, to do the div- Lexio Divina Lexio on the Divina phrase. On the song, yeah. Or, yeah. or a nugget yeah. um, from a reading. Um, this is a, a one way. Instead of just singing it. I mean, to sing is to pray twice. We know that, right? Everybody in choir knows that. Um, But, you know, to just really take it slowly in prayer is another way. And then the next time you sing it, it will it will resonate so much more deeply within your soul. So I want to suggest that. Pray the Advent songs. All right, let's go to maybe what uh, families and children can do. What do you have for families and children? One I think we've been doing for as long as we've been parents is an Advent wreath. Oh, absolutely. Um, we we usually will pick some sort of devotional uh, new book every year. This year, it happens to be Advent with St. Padre Pio. So oh, yay! There you go. He's a great saint. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, it gives you something at the end of the day. That's when we do it. Just, you know, a little quiet few moments. And um, yeah. So, the, yeah, the Advent wreath is a good one. All right. Um, another thing that I like to do, and this was not an original idea. I can't remember where I first saw it, but lots of people do it online, is a Advent 
book a day. You know, obviously over the years of parenting, I've accumulated quite a large number of Christmas themes, mm-hmm. Advent themes, Saint themed books. I wrap them all up. And so then each day of Advent, it's it's like the idea of an Advent calendar where you would open the windows. Uh-huh. But this is you open a book and um, um, then that's the bedtime story that night. As children get older, I'll put it together a picture book with a chapter book. So the older an older child can take the chapter book away and then you read the picture book to the younger child. Awesome. Um and yeah, you know, it's a, a try to, I'll tie it in with the, the saint of the day, perhaps. So mm-hmm. last night, for example, they got to unwrap a book about Our Lady of Guadalupe because that was her feast day today. Oh, and but, you wrap yes. it up in yeah. the end. Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> well, I know we have taken uh, an advent calendar with pockets. Actually, this was a Santa Claus, but we, we made it an advent theme because um, in each of the pockets, we put a you know, well, for, for my family, we have two children. Mm-hmm. So um, in their growing up years now, they're much older now. But um, we put two little slips of paper. And on each little piece of paper was a, a thing to do, like smile at someone in a special way today, okay. you know, uh, to to bring joy to them. Or, you know, hold open a door or carry somebody's books or take out the trash without being asked <laughs> or set the table without being reminded. Or, you know, we had all kinds and, Enough for for this this whole Advent season. And when they accomplished the task, they couldn't put it in the cradle until they accomplished the text. But they they could put the slip of paper in the cradle. We had a a bare cradle and their slips of paper became the straw for the baby Jesus. And so it helped them to put these actions uh, in into their lives and um Help them develop some integrity about doing it. Yeah, I was yeah. glad to see sometimes they didn't put that piece of paper in for a long time, but you know they eventually did. They eventually um, made it there. But <laughs> I like that, and um, you know, there's also um, I have to bring this in because some people won't know this about Saint John of the Cross. He um, had a lot to do with the Las Posadas uh, procession. Now that's a very popular in the Hispanic cultures. Um, and in fact, uh, it was St. Ignatius of Loyola who had suggested certain prayers in preparation for Christmas, like the nine days before Christmas. And John of the Cross revs it up and he says, well, you know, let's make a procession with it and to accompany. And so he takes images of Joseph and Mary and, and they dance with him and they go from cell to cell in, in that kind of a procession. And then, you know, it, it just kind of blossomed, you know, <laughs> and... um then another priest got a hold of it and used it as a way of um, introducing the gospel to uh, the people of Mexico and then from Mexico to the Philippines and then the Southwest. And now, you know, um, it's well known as Las uh, Posadas uh, processions. It's, it's beautiful. And it's reminding us about the reality of the incarnation of the Christ child and they're seeking shelter and they're among the poor and there's no room at the inn. And what is the end of your heart like? So uh, a lot of wonderful themes there. So now I want to uh, move on just a bit because we're, we're kind of starting to talk about signs. Um, we're talking about signs, but I want to get into the saints because, you know, that St. John the Cross right there on the Las Posadas kind of our. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to go back to something. Christmas trees. Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, you know, some people. When their children grow up, they stop putting up their Christmas decorations mm-hmm. and Advent decorations. We should say that too, Advent, because right, right. You know, we put some, you know, the Advent wreath is an Advent uh, decoration that we keep through Christmas. Um, sometimes we replace those purple and pink candle um, with uh, white candles, but, you know, it's particularly an Advent decoration. Yes. Um, 
you know, usually purple tablecloth and then in that Advent wreath and the three purple candles and the pink candle. And, um, you know, uh, there's meaning to those signs like you know the wreath some people forget this but that wreath it's round it's circular so you know there's a lot in the stores now that are not circular and i'm like wait a minute you're missing the meaning (laughs) Uh, because the circle was to help us remember that god is eternal um he is the alpha and the omega without uh beginning without end so that circle of eternity um represents uh, a very important concept for us to remember and also that the the three purple candles reminding us of prayer penance sacrifice and and then the pink candle highlighting the joy of god day sunday on the third sunday that's you know that's the third week um you always light the first candles, the opposite of the pink one, just to remember, because some people get the order. And it's important to go in order mm-hmm. um, because we're progressing. Right. And each candle that we light, one each week, brings more light into our world. And, and it helps us remember that, you know, the light is piercing the darkness. So please don't give that up just because you don't have young children in your home anymore. Right, right. <laughs> because, you know, it, it, we can ponder. I still ponder this. And, you know, I have seen many different um, meanings for the candles. Um, one set of meanings was that they meant the candle of hope, preparation, joy, and love. And another one said, well, like the first candle represents the patriarchs. The second candle represents the prophets. The third candle represents St. John the Baptist. And the final one recalls Our Lady. And others say, well, the four candles represent the uh, four centuries between the prophet Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, and the birth of Jesus. So, I mean, there's different meanings. And you could you could be pondering a different set of meanings each Advent. And so every Advent grow in in depth right. and richness and all of that so um but yeah i i have that and then i have to talk about christmas trees real quick <laughs> don't forget to put up your christmas trees and, and choose to put up your christmas tree because that tree is evergreen and evergreen green is is the sign of hope and that tree is always pointing upward up to god and we when we put those ornaments on the tree it's 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 like um uh, our gifts to the Lord. And I always like to do theme trees. Do you do theme trees? Oh, ours is a lot of just, you know, the ornaments that people have made and or the kids have made and have been given over the years. That's what ours is All right. right now. Well, we, I, I like to do theme trees because I always tell my husband because it helps me remember one Christmas from right. the next. Oh, yeah, good. And so that and my daughter is very good about coming up with the theme or helping choose the final theme. Well, last year she chose, um, you know, I offered some ideas and she said, well, well let's do red and gold um, or no, it's red and white. I said, well, oh, that's perfect for this year because it was the year of divine mercy. Oh, and the red and the white right. reminded me of the red and white rays on the divine mercy image. I was perfect. Mm-hmm. So this year I said, OK, what do you think? Should we do clear lights and, and clear um no, I, I suggested a couple of themes. One of them was, you know, uh, traditional, um, you know, with the chains and popcorn and all of that and all, all assortment of ornaments. And and then I was coming up with some others. And she said, oh, just make it clear. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes, make it clear. <laughs> and, and so then I said, OK, well, which one do you choose? And so I was thinking about the possibilities and she chose clear. And so I got a lot of ornaments that are clear or shiny so that they reflect what's yeah. around them. And I'm like, this is the year for purity for the purity of Mary mm-hmm. and to ponder the purity of 
of Mary and the purity that we need to have in our hearts in order to receive Christ in the incarnation. Very beautiful. So um, anyway, I know I, I, I got kind of wordy on that, but <laughs> I had to get to the, can, the Christmas tree. Put you your know, trees up, please. <laughs> and another thing I know that people have done is, you know, adding a little bit more lights as you go on through Advent. So maybe first you would put a string of lights above your mantle, and then the next you would put the ones outside on the bush, and then, you know, right. then light up the big tree, you know, or however it is that you want to do it. But just that we're getting lighter the closer we get to the birth. Yes. And then it's not so stressful either, right? <laughs> a little bit <laughs> of the time. And then, of course, there's the manger scene, mm-hmm. you know, putting that up and pondering those figures um, and what each of those figures must have been thinking or could have been thinking mm-hmm. rather um, during that time. Um, I, I just I really like to do that. And you, when you see that the the crib is empty and then you put Jesus in mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, just pondering his presence. Um, so these are all different things. And then, of course, the flame of candles. What what yes. would the flame remind you well, of? Of course, that would be St. John of the Cross. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I always think the, the living flame of love. Uh, first, I guess I'll confess that in our house, it's a gas-powered fireplace, so you don't quite get this, but we do have a fire pit in the backyard. Okay. <laughs> so, But to, when you look at the logs mm-hmm. and you watch it happen you know you know you think i always come back to the living flame of love where he talks about you know that that burning the purification and how the the you know the sap comes out of the logs and 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 the bugs come out and it's it's very um purifying purifying <laughs> yes. representing of what what goes on with our own souls and you you know it, it touches me so much that this is how people used to cook and this is how people used to heat their homes uh-huh. that, that 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 imagery would just be so natural to them because they looked at logs all the time and right. so for me then it's just more seasonal you know it's a christmas thing it's a pondering life when you're sitting in the backyard Mm -hmm. on a lovely fall day sort of thing but um so it's not daily but it is there seasonal and it always brings me back to living flame of love (laughs) right and there's light there's warmth there's purification there's union because when the fire um, turns the log into that red glow you know they become one (laughs) and and it's like a red heart you know (laughs) the depths um but anyway um well john of course writes about that much better than we're speaking about it so (laughs) you can go uh check that out uh, with john of the cross but um anyway well we are coming up our break, uh, but we have a lot more to talk about. Um, we're going to come back after the break and talk about uh, saints for the journey. Uh, who might you ask to be accompanying you? And have you thought about asking uh, an Advent figure or a saint to help you prepare? And also the the value of silence. All right. So we will come back in just a few minutes. Uh, and then right now we'll just take a break. Three, four. Shall come to thee, O oh, 
Listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now return to Carmelite Conversations with Francis Harry. Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations. I have a guest with me, Colleen Solinger, and we are talking about the signs, saints, and silences of Advent to help us grow spiritually. And if you want to be part of this conversation, want to call in with your ideas or what you're doing, um, you can call us at one eight six six three 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 six two seven nine. It's a toll free one eight six six three 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 six two seven nine. Okay, so before the break, we were just going to go into who's accompanying you on this Advent journey. We want to especially focus on how we can benefit from having a Carmelite saint or. Um, an Advent figure um, could be St. Joseph, St. John the Baptist, to accompany us through this Advent. Now, and what does that look like, and how would that play out in our day-to-day life? So, um, Colleen, I'm just going to ask you real quick, right. which saint is accompanying you through this Advent season? Um, well, 
Do you want me to say who's doing yeah, me personally? Yeah, who are you doing? Yeah, you who, personally. Yeah, Let's okay. start with that one. Well, I have to say it's St. John of the Cross. Oh, why did you pick okay. him? <laughs> the reason that I like him is that I liked it, well, particularly... Um, He's, since his feast day falls within Advent. When it, which is? December 14th. Coming, coming up. up. <laughs> oh, we want to invite all of you to celebrate St. John the Cross on the 14th of December with us. Right. So it's just happened naturally that as I'm reading, you know, spending time with him, that it's Advent as well. But it, it does work so well. Um, I would say my favorite thing to do for him recent, more recently has been his degrees of perfection. Uh-huh. Because it's just, it's you could take one sentence and you just spend a lot of time with it. Um For example, here's one of his. Number two, endeavor to remain always in the presence of God, either real, imaginative or unitive insofar as is permitted by your works. Well, that's that's Advent there, isn't it? I mean, it's spending time with John leading up to his feast day, but it's also Advent right there, too. So to take that the time with that sentence in prayer, um, it's kind of funny. Sometimes that the sentence will follow me throughout the entire day and it, you know, keeps touching upon my heart. Other times they, they don't stick with me as much, but mm-hmm. that's okay. It's the working of the spirit, right? Right. And then, and, and you uh, reap the benefits at the moment. Sometimes we don't see those fruits until sometime right. later. Sometimes we never do, but uh, making the effort, I think every day is important for our spiritual growth um, and to make special efforts in certain ways in certain seasons of the church year, I think are very helpful. Um, I know I've heard of people taking St. Joseph as an Advent figure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And and because they're saying, well, you know, just think what it was like for St. Joseph to know that Mary was with, ch- with child. And now, you know, who who the child is has right. been revealed to him. And he is now in, in a position where he's responsible for them. Yeah. And what? Does that mean for the father figure, you know, for the father of the home? And um, so I asked, well, what in particular are you doing? Um, And so they are taking the litany of St. Joseph and each title of St. Joseph, they ponder that for the day. I thought that was really good. That's a good idea, too. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you could do that with just about any saint. And of course, our blessed mother and the title. many titles. um, So, you know, but I I, I was glad to hear that. And I know there was one other thing our Carmelite community did a couple of years ago that I really liked. There was a poem that St. Therese of Lisieux wrote. Right. And it was a long poem, but it had all these objects like a candle a cradle um i don't know something to there was something to eat or but there were there were like 25 different things listed in this poem i can't even remember the name of the poem i should have looked it up but anyway we we cut out each one of those little verses that had an object and they all had to deal with the Christ child. Yeah, what you would offer the Christ child. Yes. Yes. What you would offer the Christ child. And then we, each person drew one of these slips of paper out of the bas- basket. And then that was their thing to ponder right. during that month till we met again. And a lot of people told me uh, that they liked that. And I did too. So uh, that's, that's w- one way that St. Therese can accompany us. Now let's talk about, John the Baptist. I always like John the Baptist as an Advent figure because, of course, he's the one that says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And I always think of the musical Godspell, mm-hmm. you know, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I just love that. And it's uh, so catchy. And I just think, well, what does that mean, mm-hmm. you know, to prepare the way of the Lord? What, yeah. what am I doing? And, and what did John tell us? And, of course, John says, you know, to repent is one of the ways we, we, we prepare the way of the Lord. And then um, 
uh, he's the one who's pointing to him, like from John one twenty nine. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, and what I like about John the Baptist is I feel like so often we're to look at him as an example to follow, but even just th- those words that come from Scripture are something too that you could just sit with for and ponder for a long time during prayer. Um, produce good fruit is evidence of your repentance. Um, you could just sit with that for a while. Yeah, that's Matthew um, chapter 3, verse 8. Um, yes, and, and another one, um, this is Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what does that mean? I mean, and, and what did it mean during the time Jesus was born? But... You know, also, this is the the time some of these came at the time when he was announcing um, his public life. Mm -hmm. Um, But what does it mean to us now, today? Um, You know, are we producing good fruit as a result of our repentance? And what is that kingdom of God at hand? Well, he's present within us, you know, and... To the degree that we have opened our hearts to him mm-hmm. uh, through confession, through the sacraments, uh, through Eucharist, of course, um, and through prayer. You know. And it seems to me those would be very good things to take with you to night prayer, whether you do night, uh, you know, the official night prayer or whatever it is that you do before you go to bed at night to take some of those phrases of and spend, you know, your last conscious moments with St. John the Baptist considering your day. And have you had, you know, do you see any good fruit that has been... <laughs> Okay. Evidence of your puns. Let's go to the Blessed Mother. <laughs> this is a great Advent figure. Talk about the Blessed Mother during Advent for us. Right. Obviously, you know, we were talking earlier. You you ask people, well, who's the saint? The, the number one answer that is going to come back to you is going to be Mary, the Blessed Mother. <laughs> right. And and I'm reminded of Luke chapter three, oh, chapter one, verse 38. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to thy word. And then I always think fiat, you know, this was her fiat. And so, you know, just taking that word fiat, which means all of that and offering that to the Lord from our own hearts through, you know, offering it to the blessed mother, to the Lord. So that it's from our heart to the blessed mother who perfects it by adding her fiat mm-hmm. um, and offering that to the Lord. Um, you know, she's the, the Savior's mother, but she's our mother, too. And, you know, grace is accomplished um, with her um, uh, aid uh, because if she hadn't said yes, then he wouldn't have come to us in that way. And um, so that was a really big yes. And, and I've always loved how the fact that when she found out what was about to happen to her, she she still she went on to visit St. Elizabeth to help her in the end of her pregnancy. She was nurturing even while she could have been yeah. you know, feeling unwell because she was pregnant or taking it easy, you know, saying, well, I have a right to. And I think that's good, too, because so many of us, whether mo- we're mothers or not, um, we're so busy during Advent and yet we're called upon to nurture, whether it's our own family. There's something we are all called to be working, you know, to helping other people. And she didn't stop. She kept in doing it anyway. Yeah, she took <laughs> Jesus and shared him in utero. <laughs> so men, men, you're not off the hook here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say this is because you have Christ in you um, by virtue of your baptism. Right. So we are to all of us, men and women, children, all of us, we are to share 
Christ with others. Share the light of Christ and look for him in others, too. Right. And they don't have to be Christian to find Christ in them. Exactly. You know, um, they're his creation. They're his sons and daughters, too. And, you know, what are we doing? Are, are we like Mary bringing the Christ child to them? And I'm always amazed um, what St. Elizabeth said when Mary arrived. Um, and this is from Luke chapter one, verse 45. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And, and so I took the little nugget, you believed. And I pondered that. Well, do I believe? Mm-hmm. If, if I was told by an angel, would I believe or would I be the one that was, you know, now right. mute right. <laughs> like, right. for a long period of time? Like, um, But she believed and all of this happened to to just ponder her great faith it's just amazing all right let's go to um uh let's talk about um saint john of the cross a little bit more okay um you know he wrote and preached about repentance and you're like make straight the way of the lord well how did, how did saint john of the cross do that well yeah the straight way was up the ascent of mount carmel <laughs> right yeah we can see that diagram that he made you know that shows that one path that says nada 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 up straight up and and some people find john of the cross way too hard and they like to go in curves <laughs> along the sideway sideways and byways um but uh Yes, he did make straight the way the Lord right up Mount Carmel. And, you know, just like John the Baptist, he suffered imprisonment. Um, in fact, some of his, I think all of his writings had their beginnings they did. from his yeah. time. And it happened to be nine months. Ah, <laughs> how about that? How about that? It's, it's sort of a, a, the maternity of John of the Cross. And then the fruition was all of these writings yes. that he had. Uh, and it was tough times, tr- truly. Uh, and yet. Uh, this, I, he he wrote this one phrase, fired with love's urgent longings, and I just have to say that when a soul and I I, I got this from a solitary bird at WordPress.com. I love the way this person wrote. They said, when courage is fired with love's urgent longings, it will not prevent the soul from seeking him. These urgent longings of love are strong and vehement. Is that how you say that Vehement. Word? Yeah. Vehement. Yeah. Thank you. So strong that this courage makes everything seem possible. That's Dark Knight, book two, chapter 13, verse seven, when seeking him. This courage and strength can move one to suffer his sake, but only if vainglory, presumption, and practice of condemning others is removed. Yeah. Um, so that's important. In order to seek him, the soul needs to be courageous and also persevere against the world, the devil, and flesh, all of which prevent one from staying on the path to God. Tenacity of spirit is fueled by a living hope in God, which gives the courage to elevate one to eternal things. So, um, John of the Cross, preparing the way of the Lord. He also wrote a, a Christmas refrain. A Christmas refrain. Could we you, must share would this. You, yeah. Would you read, proclaim this poem right. to us? The virgin, weighed with the word of God, comes down the road. If only you'll shelter her. Yeah, it's four lines. But it's famous. And what does that say to you, Colleen? Yeah, you know, you put this together with that Las Posadas and you think, there it is right there. I mean, it was part of it's all, you know, if only we will shelter her. That's the point is that we're Mm -hmm. trying where that is being made with the Las Posadas is please. Here she comes. 
shelter her. Yeah. Hey, they're knocking at your door, yeah. the door of your hearts. And and what are you? Are you the stingy one saying, no, no room here? Right. Um, uh, or are you going to make room because this is the, the savior? Right. Um, of course, uh, they didn't know that, but uh, we do. We are the beneficiaries of all that happened. And it's not just a fairy tale. Right. It's historical um facts are surrounding it. It's in the word. It had been prophesied. And now uh, we are the beneficiaries of seeing that all of these things were fulfilled. And yet we have the next coming of the Lord. So will we shelter her, right. our blessed mother, who's carrying the Christ child? Will we let them into our heart? Because it's not only necessarily just an attitude of stinginess. What if it's even just distractedness? So it's not like oh, you're yeah. actively rejecting, but you're just not even paying attention. Oh, good point. Yeah. And more reasons, I'm sure. Right. So. All right. Well, and, and I wanted to bring up the figure of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as Edith Stein. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a lecture. It's entitled The Mystery of Christmas. It's a very insightful document um, lecture that she gave to um, the people around her. And so uh, I want to encourage you all to look for that. I, I think you can order that easily enough. Uh, But that would be uh, something that would light your fire and get some uh, ideas in your own heart uh, about how to prepare for the Lord. And of course, that leads us um, to this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, And I know you and I were at the same mass this morning. Yes, we were. And our our parish priest, uh, Father Joe Kindle, had this wonderful meditation. Would you share it with us? He suggested that we spend time, find a, a good image of Our Lady Guadalupe, gaze on her face. Right. Um, you know, just, I guess we could share, you know, it's just the in inner beauty, a peace. I, I, you know, I mean, anything might come to you if you do it, but just to spend time contemplating that image, particularly her face. Right. And, you know, this face is looking down um, and the Christ child is in in her womb hasn't been hasn't been born, um, but we know from the Aztec dress that this is um, the, the, the garment Mary. of oh, the yeah. expectant Madonna mm-hmm. uh, or any woman that we would be pregnant in their culture. And um, you know, I, I went home and I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I got an image of Our Lady Guadalupe. I'm looking at her, and and like the 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 face, it, it's not got the Hollywood uh, beauty. But but the inner beauty does come out, and, and you see peace, mm-hmm. and um, you, you're just pondering this union with God that she has. She has Him within her, yeah. and, and but we have Him within us too, and and more particularly when we receive the Eucharist at Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and are we really paying attention when we go back to our pews, having consumed the host? Are we looking at Him, or you know? I have to confess, for many years, I was very distracted. I didn't even think about that. I said a quick prayer, right. you know, and then I was done. Then right. <laughs> I had to learn, you know, um, the importance and the potency of this moment. And, you know, you, you get out of Mass and out of all of this, you get out some of the effort you put in. Mm-hmm. And, of course, God provides graces to prod us along when we need it, too. Um, but how beautiful. And it reminded me of mothers who are adoring their infant child. That kind of look. On their face. So when you're out and about uh, this Advent season, look at the mothers with the newborn babies. Look at their face. 
and see what it says. That's what I want to suggest to us. All right. So now this leads into, we just have a few minutes to wrap up, but you found an, a great article on silence yeah. that helps us in our prayer. So give us some highlights from this. It's quite long. We'll probably put it, will be in the show notes, I assume. So yes, I, I'll put it in okay. our, our, our notes. Yes, our resources. Right. It's about the importance of, well, it started out as a tourist <laughs> article for um, how Finland decided to promote themselves as a place to come and be silent. Yeah, in Finland, right? Where you can, yes, where you can enjoy silence. And so they, they were looking at studies on silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it turns out it, it's beautiful because it shows how, you know, truth is universal. And what's truth in prayer is truth physically for us because God designed us this way. Um, that even though we usually think of silence as a lack of input, that our brains are actually structured to recognize silence. Um, there were these musicians who did this uh, study, study, yeah, yeah, where they were they were you know trying to see how the brain reacted to different types of music, right? And it turned out that a two minute silent pauses between the pieces of music that they would play mm-hmm. were far more relaxing on the brain than either relaxing music or a longer silence played um, before the experiment started. So. Even if you use music to calm you down, and we all need things to help calm us down, perhaps, and, you know, it could be soothing music, but it is actually silence has a different effect on your brain that relaxes you more than even the most beautiful piece of music that you would choose. Wow. And so silence was actually an input. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, silence is not empty. I mean, and, and the science proves that. Right. Silence science is not empty. And, and in the spiritual realm, when I think of that silence um, and it not being empty, I'm thinking it's filled with God. Right. But are we looking for him? Right. Because uh, the article does even mention that, that silence, your brain never shuts down. I mean, that's what the human brain is. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. So if you're... Using silence and prayer, just just think of what's working, how God can work on you, how you can mm-hmm. listen in the silence. I know I'm so guilty of still just chatting all the time. And then maybe that's not even such a bad thing because, again, you can't shut your brain down. But just quiet it down and spend time, you know, in it's Advent. It gets dark early. Light a candle. Practice some silence. <laughs> Right. See where it leads you. Yes, that's a great Advent practice. Practice <laughs> or early in the silence. morning. It's still dark early in the morning now, isn't it? So... And then, and then in that silence, look for God. Yes. And and so then it becomes a prayer yeah. rather than just a physical exercise. We don't want it to be just a physical or mental exercise. We want it to be a potent moment with God. So that practice of the present moment in that silence can be so um, potentially riveting and cha- life changing. Yeah. I mean, because this article. The one lady at the end was saying, you know, she goes to this remote place um, and she discovers thoughts and feelings that aren't audible in her busy daily life. She said, if you want to know yourself, you have to be with yourself. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And discuss with yourself. Be able to talk with yourself. And I I think that um, in order to have profitable prayer, uh, we need that space. We need to make space, a place for God. Um, he's always there, but are we recognizing his imprint right. on us? And, and are we um, echoing these reverberations of his presence in us to those around us? Mm-hmm. So silence. Um, uh, anything more that you wanted to add on on the silence? 
I, you know, it's kind of funny. I feel when we were talking about bringing this article up during this talk, I was thinking, I think I say talk about silence almost every time I'm in here. It's just <laughs> so important, you know, I, and I just I love the fact that it that it seems so universal that people will tell you even if they aren't seeking God that they ended up getting something spiritual out of it. It kind of it proves, you know, we have faith and we know that God is there, but it, it proves Yes, that, that he's working on us there. And that's where he wants to meet us, that um, it, it, it's it's great if you have some lovely pieces of music that can help you calm down or whatever it is that you use to wind down. But if you can get to that point of silence, that's where you will meet him. So that scientific article, I've got the citation here. It was called This Is Your Brain on Silence. It's by Daniel A. Gross. And um, so you can find that on the Internet. And I will put it in our uh, resources that will be posted um, after this program, probably in a day or two or a week uh, shortly thereafter. So anyway, so we've we've talked about three main things um, about how to grow spiritually in this Advent season in preparation for Christmas, which doesn't begin until Christmas Eve, right? Right, right. <laughs> so It only yeah. starts then. So <laughs> if you're in a family that's fighting over when to have your Christmas celebration, please be happy to do it on Epiphany. Yes. <laughs> in yeah. fact, that was the original time when people shared gifts. It was. The celebration of the... The the day of Christmas actually came after exactly. a, the celebration of Epiphany as far as uh, when in the history of time, uh, when it was a recognized time. Yeah. Uh, I would say about a decade ago, we, my husband and I decided we would split their Christmas gifts. We'd uh-huh. give them some on Christmas and then wait till Epiphany just as a way to really drive home. <laughs> it is still Christmas. There is still the celebration. And if, you know, their children, obviously, they're happy to get gifts. And so that really just puts it underscores. Well, that, when my kids Christmas. were young, we, we would get a lot of gifts from a lot of different people. And I mean, it's just too overwhelming. And I'm like, we're going to stretch this out to yeah. 12 days of there Christmas. You go. That is brilliant. <laughs> One gift it. a day. Yeah. In that way, they could relish the gift and they could also be pondering right um the 12 days and of course we know the 12 days of christmas each one of those numbers um represents something very scriptural right. and maybe we're going to talk about that after christmas okay. but um <laughs> anyway we we've talked about signs um the advent wreath the candles the fire the flame the trees the saints and uh, we mentioned several different saints um and the silences of Advent. All of these are, are ways, um, prompts to help you grow spiritually. Um, find something that is different from your ordinary routine. That's what I encourage you to do. Because we're only halfway through. You still have almost two weeks to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> and then you won't show up on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day saying, what did I do to prepare? <laughs> Nothing. You know, you can at least say, well, I, I went to confession. We really, really should do that because we want to be pure. All right, we want our souls to be pure. Um, so that is like, oh, please, please make time to do that. And um, then, you know, uh, extend yourself all, you know, acts of mercy uh, to others um, and reaching out to those who have less that I think is important. But we really have to nourish our 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 souls. We need to nourish our spiritual lives. There is a, a continuum of growth in the spiritual life. We're not just here and blah, you know, we can grow just because we're adults doesn't mean we don't grow anymore. And especially spiritually, I, I think a lot of people think, well, you know, I've been through the church season many, many years because, you know, we're 50, 60, 70 years old. But um, 
No, there's always more room to grow. And we always have more to talk about on Cloverline Conversations, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> we do. Indeed. Even if we talk about silence every time, we have a new way to lo- talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to finish here. And I want to thank you, Colleen, for coming on the program again. I, it's always a joy to have you. Thank you for having me again. And let's uh, then close our conversation with this closing prayer. Um, this is from Divine Intimacy by Father Gabriel St. Mary Magdalene from the second week of Advent. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. During this Advent, you invite me to greater recollection, to greater interior and exterior silence, so that I may be able to hear your voice and prepare for your coming. Help me then to quiet my continual chatter about useless things, the discordant voices of nature, self-love, sensitiveness, the distracting prattle of my fantasies, imaginations, thoughts, and useless preoccupations. I acknowledge that often my mind and heart are like a raging sea in which the waves thunder continually. And yet, if you wish, a sign from you will be enough to make calm return and all be silent. Yes, you teach me that interior silence exacts detachment from self and from creatures, exacts interior and exterior mortification. O eternal word, my Savior, draw all my powers to yourself. Fasten my interior gaze upon yourself so that I shall no longer seek or hear anything or anyone but you alone, eternal word of my eternal God. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So again, I want to invite you to celebrate the Feast of St. John the Cross on December 14th and fast with our Carmelites on December 13th in preparation. Meanwhile, we hope and pray that you have a very blessed Advent season with lots of spiritual growth and arrive on the um, feast day of Christ's birth, his incarnation with a pure soul and heart so flaming full of love um, that... um, The angels will rejoice evermore. (laughs) Until we meet again, God bless you. Good night.